0: Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. Our sleep story is the fourth part of The Polka Dot Lady. In this part, Mrs. Ladybug and Freddie Firefly try to come up with a plan to stop Jenny Junebug. They decide that Solomon Owl will be just the person to help after Jenny Junebug heads off Mrs. Ladybug runs into more problems frogs and fire what is she going to do now are you cozy Are you in your comfortable place, your place to relax or your favorite position in bed? You can take a moment to position your pillows, a teddy or your other little comforts to make sure that everything feels as it should. Are you ready now to take a few deep belly breaths? Let's start relaxing by taking three deep belly breaths. Breathe in. Feel the air come in through your nose, filling your belly full of air. Now breathe out, just like you are letting out a slow sigh. Softly breathe in and out. Let's do that again. Breathe in filling your belly with air and breathe out, slowly releasing the air. As you breathe, notice anything that might be a bit uncomfortable. Notice how your wiggly toes feel, how your legs feel, how your belly gets bigger as you breathe in and get smaller as you breathe out. Notice your arms and your head. Breathe in deeply, filling your body with air and relaxation. Breathe out slowly, expelling any tension. Perfect. You are already feeling more calm and relaxed. Let's continue with the fourth part of The Polka Dot Lady. Such impotence, Mrs. Ladybug gasped as soon as she could speak. That terrible Junie Joombug didn't care whether I ever got my breath or not. After bowling Mrs. Ladybug over three times, Miss Junebug had flown away, leaving poor little Mrs. Ladybug clinging to a blade of grass and wondering if she would be able to move again. Mrs Ladybug had attempted to take Jenny Junebug to task. She had intended to berate Jenny for devouring the leaves of Farmer Green's trees and to order her to stop such damage at once. But Jenny Junebug hadn't allowed her to say much. In her playful way, she had knocked the breath out of Mrs Ladybug. I must try some other plan, thought Mrs. Ladybug, and I will have to have help. So she sent Miss Moth over to the meadow to find Freddy Firefly and ask him if he wouldn't come to the orchard because Mrs. Ladybug wanted to talk with him. He came. He came at once, for he saw Jenny Junebug looking for him and he was only too glad to escape her attention. He found her too rough to suit him. Mrs. Ladybug quickly explained her difficulty. What shall I do? She asked him. I don't know. He answered. I can't do a thing with Jenny Junebug. She knocks me down whenever I meet her. She annoys me so much. It's not so much myself I'm thinking of, said Mrs. Ladybug. It's Farmer Green's fruit trees that I'm disturbed about. Jenny Junebug eats the leaves. I must put an end to that. I have it, Freddy Firefly exclaimed suddenly. I will ask her why she doesn't bump into Solomon Owl. Mrs. Ladybug didn't seem to care for his suggestion. What good would that do, she inquired. Ah, he said. Solomon Owl wouldn't let her browbeat him. He'd be sure to cure her of her rude pranks. Then please speak to her and to Mr. Solomon Owl at once. That is, if you dare to, said Mrs. Ladybug. I'm not afraid of him. Freddy Firefly boasted, he won't touch me, he's afraid of my light. And then Freddy Firefly flitted away. He found Solomon Owl easy enough. He had heard Solomon's hoo-hoo booming from the edge of the woods, and he soon persuaded Solomon to fly down into the meadow. Solomon Owl sailed above the waving grass while Freddy Firefly spoke to Jenny Junebug. She liked his scheme. She thought it would be a great joke to bump into serious Solomon Owl. And for once, she forgot to fling herself against Freddy Firefly. Only a little while later, she struck Solomon Owl with an awful thud to her huge surprise she fell headlong while he merely paused in his low flight who struck me he asked Jenny Junebug said Freddy Firefly where is she now Solomon hooted if I find her I will fix her Jenny Junebug heard everything he said she was lying hidden in the grass nearby, and she wouldn't have come out for anything. I'll keep an eye out for her, Solomon Owl announced. I come to the meadow often, a mousing. Jenny Junebug kept still as a mouse herself until Solomon had gone back to the woods. Then she stole forth from her hiding place, showing her face to her friends. Goodbye, everybody, she called. I'm going to move. I'm going way down to the end of the valley to live. I'm off already, she added as she spread her wings. Nobody ever saw Jenny Junebug on Farmer Green's farm again. And Mrs. Ladybug was more than satisfied. Farmer Green's apple trees looked green and flourishing. Thanks to Mrs. Ladybug and some of her relatives, there was scarcely an insect left on the leaves. And since there was no more work to be done in the orchard just then, and nothing for her to eat, Mrs. Ladybug settled among the raspberry bushes near the duck pond. She said that they needed her attention. One day, she paused in her work, feeling that she had earned a few minutes' rest, and she dropped out of the bushes and strayed close to the water's edge. A light breeze ruffled the surface of the duck pond into tiny waves. What a terrible rough sea there is today, Mrs. Ladybug murmured as she gazed upon the troubled water. Perhaps if I cling to a tall grass stalk, I can get a better view of it. She soon found a stalk that grew high above all the rest. Crawling to the very top of it, Mrs. Ladybug was able to look far out over the face of the pond. Goodness, she said to herself, I'm glad I am not out there on a ship. A few moments later, she happened to glance down near the shore and there, to her fright, she saw a frog. He was not a big frog. On the contrary, he was the tiniest frog that Mrs. Ladybug had ever seen. He was sitting on a lily pad, singing with his small, shrill voice which sounded exactly as if you were tapping two marbles together. Now, Mrs. Ladybug had all her life stood in great fear of frogs. She didn't dare move as she gazed at this one with eyes that popped almost out of her head. He was a brownish person with a yellow throat which he puffed out like a bag as he sang. And his skin was so rough that Mrs. Ladybug shuddered as she looked at it. Her own was very, very smooth. All at once, the frog looked up and spied Mrs. Ladybug staring at him. She would have shrieked had she been able to. Then, Mrs. Ladybug did the thing that she always did whenever she had a great fright. She pulled her feet under her body, out of sight, and stuck motionless to the grass stalk. Nothing happened, and she was about to take another sly look at the frog when something moved the stalk of grass. It was only the wind, but Mrs. Ladybug didn't know that. She was sure that the frog had touched it. Then Mrs. Ladybug played her next trick. She let go of the stalk and dropped to the ground, where she lay upon her side as if she would never move again. Once more, she kept quite still, And since nobody disturbed her, after a time, she opened her eyes. She found herself looking straight into those of the tiny frog, who still sat upon his lily pad in the duck pond. Mrs. Ladybug shut her eyes instantly. She only hoped that the frog hadn't noticed her action. Mrs. Ladybug didn't know that the frog she saw was a very timid fellow. His name was Mr. Cricket Frog. He liked to sit on a lily pad and sing. And his singing sounded a good deal like the music that Chirpy Cricket made. In fact, that was the reason for his strange name. Mr. Cricket Frog had a trick not unlike the one that Mrs. Ladybug herself played upon him. Whenever a fish or any other enemy came near him, if he hadn't time to hide in the mud at the bottom of the pond, Mr. Cricket Frog would float in the water until his enemy had gone off about his business. He was so timid, this Cricket Frog that when he saw a stranger, he would sometimes do the same. And that was exactly what happened when he caught sight of Mrs. Ladybug as she clung to the grass stalk near the edge of the duck pond and stared at him. Of course, Mrs. Ladybug didn't know all this. When she shut her eyes and pulled her feet under her body, she wasn't aware that Mr. Cricket Frog was just as afraid as she was. Having closed her eyes, she couldn't see him jump into the water and float. She couldn't see him climb out upon the lily pad again and gaze at her. Now the moment Mrs. Ladybug looked at the frog the second time, he took fright anew. Once more he sprang from his seat. Once more he floated like a chip upon the surface of the pond. Once more he crawled back to his seat after he had made up his mind that the danger had passed. So they continued for a long time. Both Mrs. Ladybug and and Mr. Cricket Frog. And if he hadn't at last made up his mind that she was afraid of him, they might still be trying to fool each other. Pardon me, madam, Mr. Cricket Frog called to Mrs. Ladybug. I see you're a bit timid. I assure you I shall not harm you. At that, Mrs. Ladybug opened her eyes and looked at him. Slowly, she thrust her feet out from under her body, and then she tried her wings. They were as good as ever. Her fall had not hurt them. Oh, you gave me a terrible fright, Mrs. Ladybug told him. Mr. Cricket Frog was very bold now why were you afraid of me he asked her do I look fierce he inquired with a hopeful smile as if he hoped that he did but scarcely dared think so I'm afraid of all frogs mrs. ladybug explained now there's Ferdinand frog a rascal mr. cricket frog cried but madam I'm not in the least like him I wouldn't hurt you In fact, I would protect you. His words pleased Mrs. Ladybug. She said that thereafter she would always feel safe with him in the neighborhood. Mr. Cricket Frog bowed gallantly with his hand on his heart, and Mrs. Ladybug went away without guessing that he himself had been afraid of her. What a brave gentleman he is, Mrs. Ladybug murmured. There was one thing that Mrs. Ladybug dreaded more than any other. That was fire. The slightest whiff of smoke sent her into a flutter of alarm. The sight of a blaze made her almost frantic. Perhaps Mrs. Ladybug's neighbors, more than she, were to be blamed for her fear. Some of them had an unkind way of frightening her. When they found her a bit too prying with her countless questions about this, that, and the other matter that did not concern her, they said to her, "'Aren't you worried, Mrs. Ladybug? What if your house were on fire?' Such questions never failed to send Mrs. Ladybug hurrying away. After a while, people began to wonder where Mrs. Ladybug went when she dashed away like that. Nobody seemed to know where she lived. They supposed that she must fly to her home wherever it was. To everybody's surprise, Mrs. Ladybug appeared to want to keep the site of her house a secret from all her friends. When they asked her point blank where her house was, she always pretended not to hear the question and left them. Or she would begin to ask questions of her own choosing without answering theirs. Hmm, said some people. Mrs. Ladybug likes to pry into our affairs. She wants to know all about our business. And when she learns anything about anybody else, she can't rest until she has told it to the whole neighborhood. The more Mrs. Ladybug's friends thought about her house, the harder they tried to discover its whereabouts. Sometimes they even mentioned fire to her and then tried to follow her when she scurried off. But she always managed to give them the slip before she had gone very far. Now and then, somebody or other thought he had found Mrs. Ladybug's house. But in the end, somebody else was sure to prove that they were mistaken. Once, Freddy Firefly announced with great pride that at last he knew where Mrs. Ladybug was raising her family. Her house, he explained, is in a hole in the ground in the meadow. And that night, he led Miss Matilda Moth to the spot, lighting the way with his flickering gleams. She soon pointed out his mistake. He had led her to the door of the Bumblebee family, who were all sound asleep inside their crowded house. After that, Freddy Firefly had to listen to a good many chuckles from his friends. The idea, they would say. Mrs. Ladybug must have a bigger house than the Bumblebee's family. She couldn't squeeze her family into such small quarters as theirs. Why, She has more children than she can count. There was a great excitement in Farmer Green's orchard. The neighbors came a-flying and a-running and a-crawling from all directions. And little Mrs. Ladybug was the cause of the commotion. She had appeared with a strange flaring object hanging by a cord from her waist. If she could be said to have a waist, the strange dangling thing had a handle at its upper end, and when Mrs. Ladybug moved, a jingling, jangling sound might have been heard. In no time at all, a crowd gathered around her, and some of the more curious and ill bred pointed at whatever it was that puzzled them. What's that? they asked Mrs. Ladybug. Strange to say, she seemed pleased with the stir that she had made. It's a dinner bell, she explained. They gazed at it in wonder until at last somebody spoke up and said, what's it for? To give the alarm with, she replied. What alarm? chimed a chorus of voices, high and low. Mrs. Ladybug smiled an odd sort of smile as she answered. The fire alarm, of course. Everybody's always talking fire to me. It makes me frightfully uneasy. There's so little one can do alone in case of a fire. But now, she added, now when anyone says fire, I'm going to ring this bell with all my might. And that's the end of this chapter. Good night. Sleep tight.